the end of my six episode series on race and genetics. And smart kids are smart because of their genetics. And dumb kids are dumb because of malnourishment or their environment is messed up. Maybe. Anyways, that's what's coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Alright, so I'm still listening to the race and genetics episode of Cut the Bull and then talking about it. I'm 45 minutes in. i got 20 minutes to go. I've already made five episodes. But Razid Khan, the uh, geneticist with, from, with Indian descent, he mentions the word cope. He says that Indians have a lot of cope about sports. And so I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't think the kids, the kids probably said cope five years ago and have already moved on. But now the, it's kind of cool and hip to say cope uh, for adults now. You know, it's internet lingo. Don't give me no jive talk, turkey. And like the closest I can think of it, 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 it means the same thing as butt hurt. But then I'm trying to think of the definition of butt hurt, and I don't know. I mean, it kind of just means being upset. Although, like, if your wife finds out that you're cheating on her and she gets really upset and starts crying and breaking stuff around the house, I wouldn't necessarily call that butt hurt. I mean, that is a little butt hurt. Well, I'll tell a little story to try and explain butt hurt at least. Um, so. I collect comic books. I'm a crazy comic book nerd. Like, not the new movies, but, like, the old comic books. And then I got friends. You're not a real good comic book nerd unless you got friends who are also nerds. And I got a buddy. I mean, he's he's buying stuff. He's like, oh, I got something from 1939. I'm like, wow. And it only costs $770. I'm like, wow, good good job. But anyways, my buddy, he's like, oh, it's just a comic book. It was a Batman comic book. He's like, hey, would you take $15 or something for, for this comic book? I'm like, sure. And I didn't know at the time, but it was the first appearance of the supervillain called Black Mask. He's not famous, but right when I sold that comic book, he was about to be played by Ewan McGregor in the latest Harley Quinn movie, Birds of Prey. And so that comic that wasn't worth that much before the movie came out shot through the roof. Every time a character that's never been in a movie gets into a movie, the old comic book, you know, this one's from, I think, the late 70s, uh, shoots through the roof. Anyways, and I've been butthurt about that ever since. Like I'll, I'll be like, you know, like he'll, he'll try and buy a comic from me again, and I'll be like, no, no, you're gonna black mask me again. Yeah, let's go on. So it makes me think of verb. I think it's called verbing. I'm not sure, but it's like where you take a verb and make it a noun. But I guess in this case, I took a noun and made it a verb. But I think adulting, adulting is the famous example of it. You know, adult. Well, that's a noun, person, place, or thing. But then you know, you know, once again, the kids. I'm sure the kids have moved on ten years ago, but. Uh, for the adults, for the adults, we'll call them adults instead of adults. They think they're cool. They're like, you know, I'm not good at adulting. And so this guy is talking about Indians and sports. So you know, like India, I think has the most people on the planet now, and or if they don't, it's real. They're about to. So like, you know, one and a half billion people roughly. And yet at the Olympics, they suck. Like Jamaica, a teeny little country, crushes them at gold medals in track and field. And so he's saying that Indians have tons of cope about uh, sports. You know, what, you know, it's kind of like, it's not, you know, you're not like, oh, we're just bad at sports and we accept it. Cope is like, it's kind of like being a little bit more of a jerk about it. I, I imagine what I'm saying here makes sense. I've also, the way I heard it first was copium. Like, I don't know if it was like, oh, he's smoking the copium or... Anyways, it's something you'd say on Twitter. Like, you, you think that you dunked on someone and really showed them what's what. You're smart and they're stupid and you're right and they're wrong. And then they'll come back with something and you'd be like, oh, look at the copium. 
You know, it's kind of like being a sore loser. Yeah, butt hurt, sore loser, cope, and copium. There we go. But so he goes on to say that Indians are the skinny fat of races. Or ethnic groups, I forget, whatever he says. Groups, genetic groups. All right, this guy says it pretty good, so I'm just going to throw in a clip. China and India, but especially India, uh, like Indians like have a lot of cope uh, about uh, people of subcontinental origin in general. I'll include myself. It's all the same. Um, they have a lot of cope about why they suck at sports at the Olympics and why Jamaica has more, um, you know, medals than 1.4 billion people. That guy won the javelin, though, just last year. Oh, yeah, that one guy, you know, I'm just they all know. What I, all I'm trying to all I'm trying to say is just like. You know, I mean, also, like, Indians are probably, like, we are the race of skinny fat. I mean, that causes some issues uh, in terms of, like, body composition. And, um, you know, all of the Indian wrestlers that are successful are jocks from the Northwest. They're big, coarsely built people, okay? They're not, like, South Indians or East Indians who are, you know, kind of, like, slender build and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's some differences that are having some outcomes. Like, people talk about IQ, education, all those other things. But sports is something where it's just, like, really obvious. Um, that some populations are just not, they're not like stepping up and you can make all sorts of excuses. I mean, maybe they should all eat beef, you know, good luck on getting them to do that. I don't know. But, um, you know, we don't know for sure why. I'm just saying I've talked to a lot of Indians that have a lot of, I mean, I'm going to get yelled at about this, but they co they have a lot of cope about why India doesn't do well in the Olympics, you know, um, and they get their asses beat by these tiny European and, and North American and African nations or whatever, you know. Well, I hate to so it's interesting. He says, yeah, there's intelligence. Yeah, there's education, you know, maybe economic achievement. But the thing where you can really tell the difference between uh, population groups or genetic ancestry groups is sports. And so obviously race and intelligence, that's the number one third rail thing you can't touch, can't talk about it. I mean, you will get canceled. You will be destroyed. You're Wife will leave you. You will be fired from your job. Your kids will never talk to you again. And I'm not talking about it here, right? Like, I'm not talking about it. I'm just talking about how you can't talk about it. There's a difference there, hopefully. Or maybe I'm just full of cope. But anyways, for whatever reason, you can talk about it with sports. With sports, you can be like, man, that kind of person is really good at that sport. I mean, I don't know. you got to be careful. Let's put it this way. You can talk a lot more about race and genetics and stuff like that when it comes to sports then it comes with those other things that, uh, that basically affect your day-to-day -day life and, you know, and your family structure and whatever. Your entire life. Your life and your kids and your progeny's life and your ancestors' life. And so Charles there, he was, he was bringing up um, what is race as defined by the U.S. government. So at least by the Census Bureau, which counts people and tells you how many of each race you got. They say that it's, it's a self-identification with us with certain groups so basically if you're white you're white because you said you were white and if you're black you're black because you said you were black and so that kind of makes it sound like you can just you know just like a man can identify as a woman and now he's a she and everyone needs to treat him like that and she with a penis can play in women's sports can you just identify as black you know can a white person identify as black to get some of the affirmative action goodies that black people get like i'll say when i went to graduate school i filled out a, you know whatever i had my gpa and my gre scores if i was black i could have got into harvard i could have got into any school in the nation like easily and so i was filling out the paperwork you know making my application not to harvard because 
whatever. I should have done that or something. But uh, anyways, I made that little check, checked the little box that said I was white. And then I was like, okay, I'm not getting into that school. Like basically, I applied to three schools, two that I knew I would get into, and then one that I knew I wouldn't get into, but I just did it for the hell of it. And, you know, it costs you like 50 bucks. So you're not going to apply to a million different things. I was like, you know what? For 50 bucks, let's just take a flyer on this one school. And I checked that little box of white, and I knew I wouldn't get in. And I didn't. But so, you know, how do you, how do you stop people from doing that, right? It gets a little bit tricky. So I guess if you lie about being a Native American... Well, the Native American tribes, they get to choose who's in their tribe. So, basically, it's not just self-identification. You have to be a member of a tribe, I guess, on that one. But apparently, at least to a certain extent, legally, the difference between white and black is just you, you are what you believe you are. Now, it's not, you're not what, you know, well, we'll get into it. You're not what you say you are. You are what you believe you are. And so they tell a story of some firefighter, I think in Boston, and he was trying to get a promotion and they weren't promoting him so he just reapplied for the promotion and said he was black and boom he got the job and then all of a sudden he just kept saying he was black and they just moved him up the chain of command until he was like the chief and maybe not the whole city but you know he was the chiefest he was he was he was a big he was a, he became a big dog he rose straight up as a big dog by saying he was black and then there was a court case about it and the way that they proved that he wasn't black and fired him was they got some text messages where he said, I'm not black, I'm, but I'm going to pretend to be black. Well, and also he had that first application where he said he was white and didn't get hired. So I guess that means for you, dear listener, say you, if you got a kid who's, uh, whatever, has not gone on social media a ton yet and talked all about how they're white or Asian or whatever, whatever it is that the colleges don't want, you might have your kids start identifying as something interesting. You could be black, you could be an Eskimo maybe... Maybe it could be a Laplander. That's the white indigenous group. I don't know. But anyways, they got to believe it, or at least they got to leave no paper trail that they're lying about it. So there's been a couple cases, like Rachel Dolezal is the famous case of a, she's a white woman who pretended to be black for years and like ended up being the head of the Seattle NAACP. I think she had a couple black kids because the man was black. And then she had some old man that was her friend and she'd trot him out and pretend that was her dad. And then she kind of like, I don't know, got real tan and dye, or, uh, and curled her hair. And eventually she got found out and was fired. I mean, you could look at her. She, she basically looked like a white lady, if you thought about it. She looked like a white lady with kind of a, whatever, a different sense of style. And I think she was naturally a blonde, but you know, I will say this about blonde. You know, if you have blonde hair, you can dye your hair any color you want. If you got black hair, you can't dye, you can't dye black hair blonde, but you can dye blonde hair black real easy. But thinking of, oh, I guess, what, what, let's see, what would it be called? Trans, okay, trans woman means you're a man who's a woman. So I guess trans black, that would be, if you're not black, most likely white, and you're black. I'm just imagining it as this maybe becomes a possibility. People have tried it, like I say, she tried it, people have tried it. People are like, if you can become a woman, why can't I become black? So maybe, maybe in the future you can become a trans black person. But the thing about, like, trans women is they usually... Like, you know, there's real women, or whatever, there's uh, genetic women who, uh, you know, they're tomboys. They wear pants, they wear overalls, whatever. They got short hair. I mean, they're not being a man, they just don't act super feminine. But trans women, you know, you might think, well, why, you know, trans women, why don't you just be 
like one of those non-feminine women. But no, they don't do that. They're like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to wear a short skirt, high boots. I'm exaggerating, but you know, on Saturday night, maybe a corset. And basically what that is, it's kind of an exaggerated version of a woman. I know many, many women who don't ever dress like that crap. But so the funny part is, if you're a trans black person, I think all of a sudden, you're not, you're not going to just be, yeah, I'm black, it's no big deal. I don't talk about it, I go about my day as a totally normal person, just like every other black person. No, like you're going to be, you're going to be an exaggerated black person. And you know, what does that mean? I mean, I'm sure you can imagine it's, it's not good to talk about, stereo- I'll just say a couple stereotypes, you know, maybe dreadlocks and sagging pants, something like that. And then probably a very thick black scent. Ebonics, what do they call it now? African-American vernacular. I think, I think that's the non-racist thing to call it now. Black scent is actually okay too, but I think you might have to be black to say black scent. I'm not sure on that. And then Charles, he mentions how, like normally you can't call someone the N-word on Twitter. You get kicked off of Twitter. But a few months ago when the Supreme Court may, uh, said that you, states can decide to make abortion legal or Ill- illegal... All of a sudden, it was okay for white people on Twitter to call Clarence Thomas the N-word. I mean, Charles is black, so he just says it. He says it. But I bet it's fine. I'm white. I'll just say the N-word. And apparently, I could go on Twitter and call Clarence Thomas the N-word, and it's okay. But basically, what it is is because Clarence Thomas, right, he's the conservative. He's the most conservative of all the Supreme Court people. He's like, yeah, you should be able to make abortion illegal, and I'm not so sure about gay marriage and contraception either. And I don't think generally people are like, oh, Clarence Thomas is a dumb N-word, but they were more like, Clarence Thomas is a house N-word, or he's a field N-word, or I don't, I don't know which one of those is more of an insult, but stuff like that. <laughs> but so one of the guys is like, yeah, well, he, he may be black, but he's not politically black. And so now you're not calling a, you know, whatever. You're calling a politically white person the N-word, I guess. But it's just an interesting example of how Twitter is uh, completely fucking woke. And they say that they'll be like, oh, no racial insults. But what they mean is no racial insults against people that they like. You can, you can do all the racial insults you, you want against people you don't like. They don't like, sorry. And that ain't fair. And that was why it was sounding pretty cool if Elon Musk would buy Twitter. I'm going to talk about that again sometime because the stock prices are going up and down and up and down. And depending on how the stock prices move, he might still buy Twitter. All right, Roz had mentioned some upper class high school in Los Angeles where the number of mixed race people has been rising suspiciously fast. And I've mentioned how half of high school girls today, or 45%, are not straight or identify as not straight, even though they are straight. But so, you know, if you're a good left-wing white person, the way to avoid, you know, the best way, the absolute best way to avoid being a racist is to be a person of color yourself. And, you know, the best way to not be a bigot in general is to just be something other than, you know, straight white male, straight white female. And Wilfred, he says that he's seen stats on how people are identifying as not white more. Now, I haven't haven't seen those stats. I'd be very curious to see them, but... That could be an interesting trend to, well, something I'll keep an eye on, and if I hear about it, I will tell you. So one guy is saying that he thinks race doesn't exist, or at least he wishes people didn't think that it existed. And then Wilford brings up uh, an argument for maybe understanding that race exists and that there may be genetic differences between the races on various metrics. 
So I'm just going to make up an example. You, you can imagine the examples that people would really like to check out, but I'll just make up an example, like, say, basketball. Like, you know, people from India are not good at basketball. But now, how do you know if it's because all the, play, all the coaches and the general managers are racist against Indians? The reason why Indians aren't good at basketball is because everyone's racist against them. Well, the way to know, the, 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 basically, there's no way to know exactly, well, there is a way to know exactly. You have to know about genetics. You're like, oh, genetically, Indians are short and they can't jump. I mean, I don't know if they can jump or not, but just imagine that they're, imagine that they're short and they can't jump and they got small hands. And those are all genetic things. And you're like, oh, it's not because people are being racist against Indians. It's because they genetically are short, can't jump, and have small hands. And so basically, any other accusation of racism, you don't know if it's actually racism or if it's genetic if you don't take genetics into account. All right, I'll just throw in a clip of them talking about it because it's kind of funny. really were a 4% IQ gap between blacks and whites, currently... 92 versus 101 the arguments 30 percent of that might be genetic in the last few papers i read that would i wouldn't i would tell my son that doesn't matter at all go out see how well, well you do we're pretty intelligent but nonetheless that mean difference might be very relevant in terms of something like an eight percent versus a 12 percent black representation of harvard so shouldn't this be kind of taught honestly if brief uh i i you know whatever i've said things like that and i've been canceled so good luck on that um all right, and then the, the woke guy says something kind of interesting. He says if you, uh, if you test kids and you find a really smart kid, then their siblings are probably going to be smart also. But if you test kids and you find a really dumb kid, like I think a really, really dumb kid, um, their siblings are going to be average. So this was not this guy's takeaway from it, but to me that says that being really smart is genetics, and being really dumb is environment. You know, nature, nurture. Super smart, nature. Super dumb, nurture. You know, super smart means you had smart parents. And if you're super dumb, it probably means that you are malnourished or ate lead paint chips or something like that. I'm not exactly sure what the policy implications on that are. But basically, I mean, it means, it means you got to spend money on the dumb kids. The kids that are about to be really, really dumb. Or maybe it means you should test the dumb kids and then test their siblings. And if their siblings are also dumb, then you can just leave that kid alone and they're just going to be dumb. But uh, if you test them and their kids are, and their siblings are normal, then, you know, maybe their neighborhood has a lot of lead in the environment or something. Okay, sweet. I finished the episode. This will be the last in this series of horse shit. I think this one, I think I listened to about 15 minutes and I talked about 15 minutes. Which is good. I think the last one I listened to like two minutes and ended up talking about 12 minutes. So, enough about me. Let's talk about me. Twitter handle at Antiwoke Podcast. And thanks for listening.